Hello, hello. You've found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And today we're going to talk about our individual experiences dealing with sheltering in place in the coronavirus world. And I'm going to talk about the one-woman show that Phoebe Wallerbridge did of Fleabag. She did it as a charity function on Amazon Prime. And I also want to talk a little bit about Mrs. America. I saw the first episode, and that is on FX and Hulu. So that's what I've got. All right. You went for a walk. I did a five-mile walk. I did about 10,000 steps that my little Fitbit encourages me to do. Did it make a lot of noise when you hit it your 10,000? It did. It, it does fireworks when you hit the 10,000 mark. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, gratifying. I, I think it should say... Congratulations, you survived a walk along the LA River in Studio City. Because oh, is that where you bored. went? Well, I got bored with my usual walk I've been doing, which is down Moore Park and up to Ventura and back. So I walked all the way down to Laurel Canyon, and then I walked toward Moore Park, and there was the LA River. And I thought, well, yeah. I'll walk along the LA River. The LA River has never been a really uplifting experience. No. I mean, it it's always looks kind of industrial and yes. sad. Even though they've done some things, they've taken little parts of it, and they've made little places you can sit that are supposed to look park-like. The sun was setting and there was no one there. I mean, with coronavirus and all, there was just no one there. Oh and my. the only person I passed was this one homeless guy in a sleeping bag on the side. And I've been watching so many Swedish crime series where people get really badly <laughs> hurt when they walk down places like that. So... <laughs> It, it, it wasn't the uplifting experience it was supposed to be. I did survive it, but Fitbit has you, no clue. Do you remember that entrance on Laurel Canyon is right by where my apartment used to be when That's I was right. in high school? Yeah, it's not there anymore, my apartment. Oh, it really? down. Yeah, oh, it's gone. It been torn down recently. Well, anyway, I'm a new convert to the power of walking. It's supposed to be great exercise. I can't do it because I have Your problems knee. with my knee. That's prohibitive on my part. I went for a bike ride today, though. It was very lovely. Oh, good. Yeah, I rode around Hancock Park with Donna Marie. Oh, so nice. that was fun. That's and good. I got my, my heart rate up, so that was good. Oh, good. But I discovered something. I think it was after our last conversation, I took my mountain bike up to the Hollywood Hill and discovered that all the fire roads are blocked off now. So the trails are gone. I can't ride on them anymore. It's oh, very upsetting. I'm just going to have to. I that is. Well, because they don't want people congregating. Oh, got it. Okay. I might ride my bike there, but a lot of people walk there too. So and what about hiking trails? Are those closed down now too? They are. Mostly? Yeah. I thought of going to, I forget the name of the little canyon you can hike. You go up Laurel Canyon a little ways and then you... Oh, Fryman Canyon? Fryman, yeah. I thought yeah. I might go up there, but it's probably closed down too. Mm, I don't know. It, I know that Pan Pacific Park was open up until recently. I haven't been for the last week, but right. uh, it was open, which was strange to me because there were people walking side by side mm -hmm. when I was there. I was surprised that it was still open, but yeah. it may have been closed down recently. I don't know. It's such a weird world we live in now. You just yeah. never know when you go back to someplace, whether it's going to be shut down or open for business. Yeah, it's changed the way I exercise. I just would never have considered walking as an option because it just seems so boring. But now that I've watched Nova because I have nothing else to do, <laughs> it's powerful. It's very good for you. I'm fine. Do you, they, do you they keep say. a pace? I mean, do you? Um, I don't go too brisk. I think my natural pace is on the faster side uh, from all those right. years in New York. 
So yeah. I think I remember trying to walk with you and you were always was uh, I a little ahead rushing? of me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even in New York, people used to tell me to slow down. So oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. So that's a big, so there, when you talk about coronavirus life, there's my big shift is like going out for a walk is my big event of the day. That's well, my big thing. My bike ride was a big event of the day. Yeah. I consider going out to do my laundry a big event. Yeah. Seriously, getting out I, of my apartment, wherever I go, it does not matter. I could go to the pharmacy. I mean, one day I just walked to the pharmacy and that was my big adventure for the day. So it yeah. doesn't take much. This week was different from the other weeks for me. Uh, I started to get a little bit squirrely internally. Uh -huh. Did you walk any other day besides I today? did. I walked last Sunday and then I did today Sunday and I did, I think, Friday. My friend Michael says he does five miles every day. That's pretty impressive. Oh my impressive. God, that's a lot. Yeah, I'm going to try doing it three days a week and see how I do. That sounds like a good plan. I think the solitary confinement's starting to wear on me. Can you get out a little bit more other than walking? Do you have reasons other than Costco? But even Costco is a good reason to get out. Yeah, no, I do go to Costco like every 10 days to two weeks. And I have my Zoom meetings, which are good. Oh, you know, I didn't do a single Zoom meeting today either. So oh. that might be a clue. But I'm having a Zoom meeting now. You so, are. So We're Zooming. Yeah. We're Zooming. I find that here we are. It's been a month that we've been on lockdown. Yeah. And I found myself a little depressed today. Mm -hmm. I really found myself a little at my wit's end. I had had a plan to actually go to Mandeville Canyon and ride my bike there because the upgrade is easier for me than, say, riding around the steeper hills in Beechwood Canyon. Right. So I planned that. Then Donna Marie called me, wanted to do a local ride, and I decided to do that. But before that happened, I was cleaning my apartment, but I was very much not at peace. Mm -hmm. I was in a little bit of a snit. Yeah, we're not and I just think I think we've reached a demarcation line after a month. A month is enough time to get squirrely about it. We're not meant to live this way. I'm going to reread that article in The New Yorker from a few weeks ago called The Isolation Factor. It talks about this, but it talks about it in the larger context where, as a culture, we're really not supposed to be living the way we've been living since the Industrial no. Revolution. We're not genetically inclined to, to do well no. with all of this uh, solitary stuff. It's bad for us. I have to remind myself that this is a bad situation. It's not a chosen situation. All I really want to do is socialize. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm inclined to do. Right. Oh. I was going to say something so profound. <laughs> what was it? I hope it comes back. I do I'm, too. In, need, I'm in need of, <laughs> you know, inspiration. Uh, oh, I know what it was. My, ah. my therapist said, and this is hard to keep track of. It's hard not to lose sight of it. But the point of being in the situation that we're in, in lockdown and isolated from each other, is to help us survive this pandemic. That is the point, that we survived. Right. We don't have to be happy about it, but it is a siege, or it's what I call an ordeal. Right. Uh, an ordeal to me is something where you're in the middle of it, and your only point is to get to the other side of it. And as you said that, I thought, too, even though it's not a substitute for actual social Socializing and the actual comfort of feeling a, a tie to other people. If I think of it more as we're doing this thing, we're doing it as a community, we're yeah. isolating together. We're, you know, it's a paradox, but maybe that will yes. help take some of the edge off. Well, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah.
I like that. Yeah. I think shared experience is mm -hmm. something that I'm just missing. Yeah. And that with all the Zoom meetings and all the rest of what I'm doing, it's that shared experience. It's that face-to-face -face interaction right, right. that is really hard to live without. So I appreciate what you're saying, which is that we're all sacrificing what we need in order to vanquish this threat. For the, the greater good, which is we'll be, able to, we'll be able to reconnect one day. I think part of our despair is that we have no leadership. It That's would really make a difference. If we felt that at the head of this was someone who was cheerleading to make us feel that we were all doing this for the greater good. Yeah. I think you're right. We don't have that. We have it from Gavin Newsom and Garcetti. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. There's not a sense of mission that, that a real leader could convey. Yeah. Quite the contrary. Uh -huh. We're being torn apart about it. Exactly. You know? We're being told that this, that, and the other, that China yeah. and the WHO are responsible for it. It's it's awful. It's just awful. Yeah. So we'll be each other's cheerleaders. How's yeah, we'll that? have to be. We'll have to be. I, that's a good point, though. I mean, my mom used to always talk about the war, and she would always talk about Roosevelt and how he made the people feel like they were doing something together and it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I read that the two components of leadership that are necessary in a crisis are compassion, yeah. being able to put across a vision of what it is we're doing and where it is we're going. Right, so, right. And we have none of that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to talk about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> no. Tell me about her. It was great. It's very different than the series. And it really only encompasses the first season. So it has nothing to do with the second season. She's alone on a stage. Other voices come into play. And there are sound cues and things like that that are very clever. Mm -hmm. But she just does it all herself. And she's a different character you know, one of the great things about the series was how she could look at the camera and then draw you in. And in this one, she's really just addressing the audience full out. Oh, so okay. I kind of miss that charming bit of back and back forth and where forth. you feel special yeah. because she's looking at you and just seeing you. Yeah. But it's very raw. She's just, she's such a force of nature that I can't say enough about her performance and how striking she is, mm. how powerful her voice is, mm. both her writing voice and her actual voice. Right. It was $5 on Amazon Prime, but it wow. goes to charity. So I paid my $5. And Good for you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, then there is Mrs. America, which oh, yeah. I thought was going to be so didactic and so dry and is anything but. Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Schlafly, oh, and she's brilliant. All I can say is she that is... That sounds fun. I think I would like that. I think you would like it too. And even yeah. though she portrays her as someone who is extremely ambitious and working within the structures of what is expected of women at the time, mm -hmm. she has a drive and she has an ambition. And God help you if you stand in her way. It, was her son gay? Um, Did they possibly, go into that? I don't remember. Because she was a big opponent of gay rights, too. She was allied with Manita Bryant and all of that, Anita I think. Manita Bryant. Liberty Foundation or something she founded? Wasn't it called the Liberty Foundation? No? It may have been. I haven't gotten that deep into it. Okay. It's a whole series. It's a whole it's a series. series, yes. Each episode profiles one of the key members of the movement. So there's Phyllis Schlafly, and then there are all of the Libbers. There's Bella Abzug, Gloria Steinem, and Betty Friedan, and right. oh, just all the major players at that time. Right, um, right. And the performances are wonderful. I was so prepared to just cut this loose after one episode. Right. And I have to pay for it, too. I have to pay two 
$4.99 per episode because I don't have FX or Hulu. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's broadcast. Or it's not, it's cable, basically. It's, it's cable. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. have it either. Yeah. Don't you have Hulu? No, I canceled it. I could start it up again, but I canceled it because I just wasn't watching anything on Hulu. It might not yeah. be worth Well, I guess- But once in a while, it. something good comes up. If you have a, an educational email, they give you a nice discount. Oh. Get, yeah. Oh, then it might be worth your while because yep. I'm going to end up paying probably 15 or $20 to watch the whole series. But I'd pay that much to go to the arc light. So I figure right. it's equivalent. Yeah. Since we don't have the arc light, sniff, sniff. We'll always well, have the arc light, Mikey. I know. Someday. Well, I canceled my New Yorker magazine subscription because my $1 an issue thing is about to run out in early May. So. Oh, it's smart I, that you canceled it because they will charge you. It was going to be $100 for a year, which oh, isn't yeah. so bad for a whole year. No. But very good. I, I hate to admit it, but I can't keep up. You know? it's, it's too much. I got my new issue and I looked through it and I thought, when am I going to have time to read about Mitch McConnell? I mean, I am reading That's about it. Mitch That's it. I'm reading that one. That one's good, yeah. Mitch McConnell. I figured the only way you could do it and maintain some sense of self-respect is limit yourself. Just say, okay, if I read one article per issue, I will call that a win. Frankly, I can't even do that unless I read a book review. They're shorter and they're brilliant. Oh my yeah. God, they're brilliant. Some Their of the things reviewers I, are, are amazing. Oh my God, this guy did a critique of this painting of Goya's that's hanging in the Prado in Madrid. And he made it so compelling about this painting and what it means and what it says. Huh. Yeah, there's there's nuggets in there that are amazing that I, I feel bad that I'm depriving myself of, but I, I just can't take the pressure. It's, it sits there on my coffee table and mocks me. I know. I can't take it anymore. I have a whole stack here and they just look at me and go, <laughs> you're nobody. You can't read. <laughs> Well, the other thing is now is the time to have it because now is the time that I have there more opportunity more to read than before. So mine's going to run out in August. And yeah. after that, I don't think I'll be able to afford to keep it up. The cover price is eight ninety nine an issue. So right. if you bought it in the airport, it would be $9. Right. And $100 for a year is $2 an issue. It's oh, it's worth totally it. worth it. And I, I want to support them because I believe in what they're doing. Yeah, I just that's true. I hope that they continue on. I, I don't know what their ad sales are like now. I don't know if, if it can continue the way it has been. I just don't know. Right. I know that any print medium is invulnerable to the tides of what's going on with the economy. Yeah. You're employed. You're employed for the duration, I imagine. Well, I hope so. I'm guaranteed employed through June 30th. And after that, it's going to be a guessing game. But I, I'm told by my superior that I and my coworkers are in a pretty good spot because we're not in a part of the university that's so dependent on customer base. Like they said, people that work in the dorms and food service yeah. and hospitality. And there, there's a big hotel convention center that's been built on campus since you and I were there. Those people working there are going to have a hard time. But okay. the academic problem, academic problems will continue. <laughs> <laughs> the academic programs will also continue. And so we'll see. But you know, I'm a boomer and there's always social security waiting for that's me. That's true, with open arms. Yeah. So I'm kind of in an enviable position in terms of financial well-being because I'll make great. it through one way or another. That's great. Have you been back to the campus? Is it a ghost town? I've gone. I've, I've gone in about every, once every two weeks to water my orchids and, and to um, <laughs> download emails that I can't get a hold of remotely. And yeah, it's just a ghost town. Total. Wow. My Fantastic. orchids are doing great though. My God. Oh, they are. They're, They're so like the pandas. The pandas yeah. leave them alone and then they, they prosper and they They'll come back. Well, that's good. Do you mm -hmm. ever get tempted to bring, Is are they just in such a great spot there? They're in, in a wind 
window that's so good for them and I don't I can't replicate that here oh you know the, the yeah. way the window faces yeah. and the kind of sunlight that it gets it's just they're in a very happy little spot there I should give you the ones that I have that after the flowers fall off shouldn't I well no you shouldn't because I have like four and I don't oh. have any more room on my windowsill anymore oh, okay so I'm, I'm kind of full up you have. But, I, but I have taken on some, you know, I've fostered a few orchid plants and they do come a back. A few orphan orchids? Yeah, orphan orchids. And they come, if you put them in the right medium, that's the secret. And water them once a week and make them think they're in Borneo because they get drenched, but only once a week. They do quite well. Oh, you drench them once a week. I know yeah. they don't like water. They like a rainstorm and then they like to be left alone for a week. So oh, you, just, that's good you, to know. you drown them, but you make sure the pot can drain completely. You don't use a closed pot. It's got to right. have holes on the bottom. That's the secret. That is a commendation. But they can go dormant for quite a while too. They go into their leafing phase where they're just making leaves and that can last a year and then suddenly they'll start blooming again. <laughs> Good to know. Well, You've got it down. We've got a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't leave your job because if your office goes to someone else, they won't I know. know what you I know. You might not take as good care of the orchids as you have. Oh, I know. I've got to stay. I'm sure I'll tell the chancellor that, yes, I know you want to downsize, but <laughs> I have orchids to contend with. That's right. I have dependents. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Well, I can't think of anything else that I've done or thought about or ventured into. What's your experience passing people in the street with a mask on? Does it feel weird? There are so many people walking here. Yeah. Because of 6th Street and because of Wilshire. Yeah. Most people, I would say 75 to 80% of people have masks. And I wore my mask when I rode my bike today. Yeah, I, I wear this, I wear a bandana. What I do is if there's no one around, I let it drop. And then if I see someone coming my way, I'll pull it up. But I don't know, there's something weird about that too. I mean, it feels good in a way because we're all like, pitching in and doing our part. Strange though. I mean, it's it, it strange. Looks, That's what I'm saying. It looks very post-apocalyptic. Yeah. It's like we've all made an agreement that this is very serious. And I remember when I went into a Trader Joe's, a few people had masks on and I was wearing gloves, but I didn't have a mask. And I thought, well, that's very extreme, isn't it? Yeah. And then, of course, now I have a mask and I wear it when I'm out, no matter what I'm doing. Right. And it's not because I think that it will save me from- It's to protect others. I guess I've just made that part of the bargain, part of my personal aesthetic now. (laughs) Yeah, well, mine's turquoise, so I look very stylish. I'm sure it brings out the blue in your eyes. (laughs) It's very becoming. (laughs) every once in a while i'll see somebody who was like there was this guy who clearly was in another world he did not have a mask he didn't have gloves he was delivering something and Mm -hmm. i thought to myself oh wouldn't i just love to be able to go into deep deep denial on this just say fuck you to the world and i don't need to wear a mask and i don't need to cover myself and i don't need to concern myself about other human beings i'm just going to do what i do but of course i couldn't do that but it's strange to see someone who is either very oblivious or very rebellious and observe that it brings out a certain kind of anger in me that, right. that someone can so disregard all of the signposts. Mm. This is off topic and maybe for next week, but I remember many weeks ago, we were talking about candidates for president and vice president. And uh-huh. I remember you saying that a Biden-Harris ticket would be really good. And then yeah. weeks went by and that seemed like an impossibility because Biden was tanking and Harris wasn't I- winning. 
and no. all that. I, and now it's looking likely again, or at least very possible. Yeah, I've heard that it's between her, Elizabeth Warren, and Stacey Abrams, and maybe Gretchen. Oh, she said she wouldn't take it, I think. The one from Michigan. I like Val Demings, but I like them all. I like Val Demings because she's a little more of a spitfire, and she's a little uh, more of a beginner, which I think she's got some yeah. energy. Anyway, I uh, would love to see a black woman being president. Oh, wow, that would be amazing. Three years ago, I remember putting in my Facebook, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm. And I got a bunch of reactions, a bunch of positive reactions to it. I mean, he seemed like the most logical nominee. Right. Even though he was an older white man, I mm -hmm. thought he could at least bring the country together after, I mean, who knew that we were going to have this pandemic, but after someone as divisive as Trump. And Kamala Harris was just the natural charismatic partner to him. And then all of it seemed to fall apart. And yet you're right. I think it looks like it might come back together again. It could. I don't know when that's supposed to happen, when we're supposed to know. I guess not till mid midsummer or something. People are pushing him to make the announcement about his, not only about vice president, but also to announce who he would have in his cabinet. Oh, okay. So that would be exciting too. Really yeah, exciting. Yeah. Well, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> A little something to look forward to. Oh. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. <laughs> I guess so. Well, it's been a month. Quite a month. It's been a long, long month, but I have a feeling that this next little bit will be a little easier to take because we've been slogging through. I think we're finally going to get our second wind. I hope so. Well, thanks, Boomers, for locating us again, and we will talk to you in a week. Bye, Boomers. Bye. Stay, stay safe. safe. <laughs> and stay, stay safe. safe. Just say that loud. Safe. <laughs> stay safe and stay healthy. <laughs> bye, bye. Okay, bye everyone. Ah!